When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders and investors. Welcome to the Wednesday's edition of Pre-Market Prep. I'm your co-host, Joel Conan. Uh, Spencer Israel is taking the day off today, so I am here with Dennis Dick. We got a lot to cover on today's show. Uh, we do have the markets here trading in the red pretty deeply. Uh, I'll go over that in one second, down by 20 handles. But on today's show, we're going to talk about end of the quarter, some wild action there in the last few minutes. We're going to talk about some warrants and DraftKings with some very strange price action. Uh, we're going to talk about Beyond Me partnering with Alibaba uh, and just a lot of other earnings from uh, FedEx. FedEx trading sharply higher. And then uh, also Macy's. So we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, let's bring in Triple D. Triple I'm D. here. I, I think we're working maybe on YouTube. We're not working on the Benzinga dot pre-market site. So Joel, if you can enable the dot pre-market dot Benzinga dot com site, it is not working there. So we are, I believe, up on YouTube. Joel's trying to figure out how to enable that site, but that's not working. So multiple complaints. It says it's. A, it says it's. A, you're it losing says. that B. You're losing that B minus grade here, Joel. Oh, Don't lose your B minus grade. We it are says, working on YouTube. We've just posted the link. So, um, on it, is an, it says Zynga. enabled. It says enabled. I can't help what it says. I don't know anything about the background. I can just tell you it is absolutely not working on the premarket.benzinga site. So, if you are on the premarket.benzinga site, you won't be able to hear us anyways. But we put, did post the link in the chat. We're up on YouTube. The show must go on. So, Joel's B plus is in serious oh, jeopardy here. Man. <laughs> I am clicking on it. Serious want... Jeopardy here. Can you hear us on YouTube? YouTube is loud and clear. So our YouTube is working. I don't know how to put it on the Benzinga.premarket site, so we can't help you there. So let's just listen to it on YouTube. Hopefully people will find us over there. The show must go on. So YouTube chat. I'm so disappointed. Well. You lost that... that B plus grade right away. You're sitting at a solid C minus on this I'm one. I'm sitting Joel. there. I, do you want me to bring this over here and show you? You're showing out a you're sitting it says, a solid, it, it solid says, C minus right now because we're not working it, on our main site. <laughs> Spencer is okay. shaking his head at you for sure right now. Wait, wait, he's got it. He's got it, folks. We are up on the pre-market dumpings. Like I say, what did you do? It just came up. It's good now, Joel. You fixed it. You just went from your <laughs> C minus back to your B minus. You're not getting the B plus because you're late. But the B, you went from the C to the B. Who? <laughs> Who? 
That was it's close. Working. Hit refresh. It's working. We ain't going to work it everywhere. S&P futures trading in the red by 20 and a quarter handles. Uh, we got above the – well, the close was uh, 83 and a quarter. We had a little bit of a rally to start things out, and then we kind of came unraveled. Pre-market low down at 62.75, folks. I can't give you any good numbers down there. Uh, you had Monday's close at 47.75. The interday low from yesterday, uh, if you want to use that as a target, that's 37 and a half. Crude is up 60 cents at 39.87. Gold in the red by six bucks at 17.94 and a half. Silver in the red as well. Uh, Bitcoin, that's still hanging in the lower 9,000s, 9,205. Uh, just talking about this, I just want this gold chart. I know you gold bugs are just waiting for this move over 1,800. Uh, it did get above there, but man, oh man, there's just a wall. You need to close above 1,800 uh, in order to get that next uh, breakout. So Triple D, we had a late night conversation here uh, on some DraftKings yeah. warrants. And I what can bring a story that this up. is. So I can give you, and this is going to take a good five minutes, but this is a good story. So what we're talking about is DKNGW, and it is actually the, one of the biggest winners, if you're looking. It's up 39% today, and this is a wild story. So I was holding these DraftKings warrants last Thursday, and they were tr starting to trade away from the intrinsic value. So what a warrant is, it's the right to buy a stock at a certain price prior to the expiration date. A lot of times when you have new offerings, warrants come along with them. They don't always trade public, but in this case, some of them did. So these DraftKings warrants were giving uh, the holders of DKNGW the rights to buy DraftKings. If you pay $11.50, you get one share of DraftKings. So that's why typically they trade about $11.50 below DKNG because you have to give the $11.50 to get the shares. That's where the fair value is. They started to deviate from that and I actually bought some back on Thursday because they were coming down in price. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, it's getting low enough that, you know, I'm just going to do the ARB here. But they started drifting farther away from it. I'm like, wait a second, what's going on? So I went and just you know, searched the press releases. And you can do that, you know, just looking through your Benzinga Pro. And I found the press release saying, oh, I'm like, oh, these expire tomorrow. And I didn't realize this was Thursday, the 25th. And they were set to expire on June 26th at 5 p.m. I was like, oh, they moved it up. I didn't know. It was a press release back from May 30th. So it was out there that they were expiring on June 26th. And it says clearly in the press release that if you hold these past 5 p.m., they will not be exercisable and their value will just be the face value of them, which is one cent. So I didn't think much of it. I sold them on Thursday, or I sold them on Friday because I didn't feel like doing the exercise. And um, I didn't think much about it again. I didn't notice it trading yesterday, but then last night it hits my filter, DKNGW, and it's trading down like 30%. And I'm like, what's, wait a second, I'm, I'm saying to myself, I'm like, why is DKNGW still trading? Because these... Or have ex the expiration date is over. These should have been delisted. So I tweet out, and this is around 4.30, I tweet out that I'm pretty sure the ex exercise, because somebody asked, I, was, I went to like, and was looking in, you know, just on Twitter, and I said, this was my tweet at 4, 4.30, I said, pretty sure the exercise date passed last Friday. I'm not sure why these are still trading, DKNGW. Um, they proceeded to trade until about 7.30 last night when they got halted. And Obviously, you know, somebody at the exchange figured this out that, hey, 
these aren't, shouldn't be trading anymore because there's not even any value. So here you've got something trading and closing at $14.65 that has only a one cent value. So this you know, is, is a head scratcher to a certain extent for a lot of people. So I tweet out, I'm like, the, the, I tweet out again, it's halted due to pending news. The last exercise, last eight exercise was Friday. And I said, it appears to me that people who have been buying something for the last two days that has a one cent value. I have three people reach out to me on Twitter saying, I'm holding the DKNGW warrants. What do I do? And I'm like, call your broker because this really shouldn't have been trading for the last couple of days. So people who have been buying this are basically screwed. They're buying something at $22, $21, and, and obviously it leaked yesterday all the way down to 14 as people are starting to realize that there's no value. Could potentially be people shorting them. I don't know that you could get the borrow, but if you could, you know, that could potentially be happening. So um, I might call your broker because this obviously wasn't communicated to the exchanges very well because they still have it listed. So wouldn't you know this morning, because they halt the stock last night at 7.30, and then wouldn't you know what they do is um, they halt the stock. This morning they come out with a press release, DraftKings 6.30, and they extend the expiration date to July 2nd at 5 p.m. tomorrow. I'm assuming a lot happened in the last 24 hours here probably, you know, after the exchange halted it, realizing this is last night, 7.30, realizing that, you know, we didn't know that you had, you know, moved up the expiration date on these things. They probably didn't see the press release. Maybe the company didn't communicate clearly to the exchange. We don't know exactly what's happening in the back, but obviously these things should not be trading if they don't have any value. So, um, so the, the, the company is now bailing out everybody who bought in the last couple days. And obviously the people who bought yesterday, they're going to be making some money because they have now extended the expiration date to tomorrow at 5 p.m. So crazy saga here for DKNGW. I'm sure some of those Warren holders from last night, the three people reaching out to me are breathing a sigh of relief here this morning as the warrants that they bought yesterday and or Monday and Tuesday now have value once again. And that is why you're seeing the 41% pop back in DKNGW. And so what's, what's the lesson? What, what should investors, what should listeners of the show take away from this whole fiasco? Warrants are sophisticated investments and you have to pay attention because things like this happen. Um, you know, the company issued a press release a month ago. So they gave you quite a bit of warning telling you that this was the date. Although it was poorly communicated, like I said, I bought it and I just didn't like the trading action. So my spiny senses were telling me something's going on. So that's when I went and Googled and I found that press release or I could have been one of these people caught with those warrants as well. So um, the, the lesson is when you are buying warrants and you're buying sophisticated products, warrants don't have an automatic exercise. It's not like an option. A deep in the money call option will automatically exercise. Warrants will not. You need to contact your broker to exercise them. If the exercise date passes, the final expiration date passes, which it did last Friday, those warrants are worthless. So they were worthless Monday and Tuesday, but obviously they had so many customer complaints because they were trading on the exchange for the last couple of days that they came, the company came and they extended the date. So I'm telling you now, if you are holding these warrants, you now only have until tomorrow at 5 p.m. to either sell them in the open market or exercise them. If you hold them past tomorrow, there's no way they're going to bail you out again. So if you're holding these warrants, you need to exercise them by tomorrow at 5 p.m. Call your broker, exercise them, or you need to sell them in the open market. You have one today and tomorrow until 5 p.m. according 
to the press release that, and I can pop, pop, I can post that press release here. Right, and uh, the so, but there, they I brought it right it back. Too, if you they brought it right back to Twitter. par, correct? They brought it. They're back. It came par, right back right? to par this morning. Yeah, because the Arabs come in, they're like, oh, boom, boom, boom. There's free money here. We'll bring it right back up. So it's right back. Eleven fifty. So you can add on eleven fifty. It's twenty one fifty bid. DKNGW is uh, DKNG is trading at thirty three fifty. So it's thirty three. So you're still fifty cents better if you exercise right now. But there's probably, you know, some people that say, I don't want to bother with any of this now. Just give me out and, you know, I'll hit it at 2150 and I'll move on uh, just to not go through all the shenanigans that obviously you've been through here. But I hope everybody who owns these warrants is listening to the show. You have until tomorrow at 5 p.m. because there's no way they're going to bail you out again. So how does this happen? I actually have a backstory for this, too. This can happen where the, the company puts out a press release but doesn't communicate it clearly to the exchange. These are listed on the NASDAQ. So I'm speculating. I do not know. I'm speculating because the company came good and extended the data. I'm speculating that they did not clearly communicate this to NASDAQ and NASDAQ maybe didn't see the press release. So, um, you know, and obviously, you know, your broker should be contacting you. I, I hope, you know, if you've got a good broker and wise discount brokerages don't have, you know, maybe, you know, the manpower to be looking through all the press releases too. But if you've got a full service broker, you would hope that your broker would be giving you the information that I'm giving you and telling you in a notice that, hey, these are going to expire. What do you want to do? I like, I, I go through Goldman and I get notices on stuff like this. If I'm holding something that's going to expire, I'll get a notice in an email saying you are holding the security that is set to expire or set to be called in, in the next two days, just giving you notice and let us know what you want to do. So hopefully the brokerage. So there's a little bit, there's three people really. What about the, also the impact, Dennis, I want you to mention the impact. Is there any impact at all on the DraftKings stock, which has taken a haircut over the last few days? Uh, yeah, there probably was. It was probably getting hit because there could be potentially people who are buying, you know, the warrants and selling DKNG against it. Mm -hmm. They're not realizing, like the uninformed Arabs not realizing that the expiration date had moved up to last Friday. So, it, and like I said, I, I'm fairly informed and I was holding these warrants and this my, just because the way it was trading, I was like, something's off. And that's what made me go and search for the press release, but it wasn't clearly communicated to me either. So I'm just thinking that DraftKings put out the press release and they thought that was good enough, but they need to clearly communicate to the exchange. Because DraftKings came good and, and extended the expiration date, it makes me think that they were somewhat you know, at fault on this and they came good for it. So good for DraftKings for coming good and making those warrants and giving everybody an option, um, you know, and then giving everybody the, the option exercise for an extra couple of days here. So I, I'm happy for the warrant holders. I'm happy for those three people who reached out to me last night and said, look, you know, I'm, I, do I own a worthless security? And I said, you technically do, but I'm like, call your broker because this was poorly communicated. It shouldn't definitely not have been trading on the exchange for the last two days. I mean, if the exchange bloody doesn't know about it, you know, how do you expect the individual investor to know about it? So lots of lessons to be learned. One, if you're a company and you're calling in your warrants, um, you're redeeming them, then you need to clearly, clearly communicate that to the exchange. I know this happens because I got, like I said, this backstory and I'll quickly go through that. Um, I've been at Bright Trading for 20 years. We did business. It was a lot of human involvement years ago. So I'm going back probably 15, 17 years ago. And I was trading a preferred stock and it started trading really weird. And then I'm like, what's going on here? And then I Googled same thing and I found the press release and I was like, they redeemed this preferred stock two days ago. I'm like, how is it still trading? 
So anyways, I own this preferred stock. I'm like, well, what the hell do I do? So anyway, so I call my broker, which was Goldman Sachs, and they call down to the exchange and on, on my behalf, and they put me on the three-way call. So I get to actually hear this stuff. It yeah. went, that wouldn't happen anymore, but I get to hear like the whole kind of inside way of what was going on. My Goldman broker saying, look, my customer just bought something that isn't, that's been redeemed and shouldn't even be, it shouldn't even be trading. And the exchange executive said to, to him, and I can remember this call, said to him, how am I supposed to know that something is redeemed when the company doesn't tell me? You expect me to read every press release that's out there? They need to clearly communicate that to me. So he's like, I see it now and you know, I'll call it in, but you know, and then you know, they made everything good. But you can see just the lack of the communication there that, that you know, obviously the company didn't communicate to the exchange. I get the exchange's argument. I mean, the company doesn't clearly communicate it. Do you expect the exchange to read through every single press release and, you know, and make sure that everything, it's kind of a difficult task. There's a lot of press releases, you know, thousands a day from thousands of different companies. So I'd imagine this is just because of that backstory. I'd imagine that's what happened in this case, that the exchange or, or that the company didn't clearly communicate to the exchange. And that's why they've made everybody good. So it's a story with a happy ending. Unless you're short the DKNGW like. warrants, and then you're mad. Well, that was my <laughs> You're idea. sure you're mad. I'm like, I'm like, get out there at four in the morning and hit those warrants. And uh, I'm glad you used, uh, used some discretion on that. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you um, even could If you could have got tomorrow. Yeah, like, are you want to try? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm curious. Okay. I, I doubt you could even get a locate on that. So Okay. Um, so go, hopefully nobody's sure. I cannot get a locate on that. So hopefully okay. I just tried. So hopefully nobody's short it. If they are, I feel sorry for you. You're getting screwed. So right now the shorts are getting screwed. The longs now are made whole. If you shorted this yesterday and you actually read the press release and you knew that, you know, by according to this press release from May 30th, these are worthless now and you're selling this thing at $20 and $15 and $14 and, and $11 after hours. If you were selling it short, um, even if you sold it, you kind of got screwed too. So this is saga might not be completely over because there's still some people that got screwed here. Uh, I forgot to mention at the top of the show, happy Canada Day, Dennis. I know. This is supposed to be my holiday. And look yeah, at how much work yeah. you're making me do. Research press releases. Find out. This is crazy stuff. Yeah, so. you got, you're working overtime. Overtime. Uh, Always working overtime. FedEx. Let's get to FedEx. After the close, whoo. Big old beat by a buck and wow. a penny. A buck fifty-two was yeah. the street. Estimates two fifty-three. Sales beat as well by like a billion dollars, seventeen point four versus sixteen point four. Rich traded way up in the pre-market uh, triple D. I hope you didn't get down and dirty in this one on the short side. No, and you know what? I'm kicking myself because I said to myself two days ago, I kind of want to go long this into earnings because you think about how many people are getting Good. deliveries. The wild card would be businesses aren't getting as many deliveries though, so how does that balance out? But I know how many packages are showing up at my doorstep and FedEx is delivering a lot of these packages in UPS and it made me kind of want to be long. I, I am long FedEx, so full disclosure, my long-term investment portfolio, portfolio right? I do have FedEx, but I want it on for a trade. And I forgot about it. And then I saw the beat. And I was like, I forgot. Because I was thinking about taking it long into the earnings because I kind of felt like they were going to blow it away. And they do. So it's up 15 bucks here. So up 11%. Disappointed in myself that I didn't take it through earnings. UPS as well, trading up 5% trading up. in sympathy. Um, big moves here for FedEx. Deserved. This was a great quarter for them. They obviously benefited from COVID. 
it was the wild card that you didn't know because you knew business deliveries were going to be down because so many businesses are closed, but the residential businesses obviously picked up the slack and then some. Ah, so what are we going to do here with this issue? Uh, your pre-market high has I'm come holding. in at 156.95. Holy mackerel. Uh, this is getting back to just where we fell off a cliff. Hmm. I have no daily highs here. I have well, 157.72. Uh, there you go. 157.72. We're trading at 155.50. That was your February 24th high. So if you held this thing all the way through the March debacle, you are getting your money back here. The day that it hit 157.72, uh, you closed at 154.85. If somehow, if some way they can get that above that level, your next daily high comes in at 164.14. We are leaking a little bit. So if you're buying this off the open, I don't think I'd like fall in love with it. Maybe under 154, I see a little support. Uh, but big move uh, in the overnight side, or after hours and pre-market, it's continuing. Uh, UPS We're not is leaking on the overall market, I'll tell you that though. No. It's, We're no. rallying right now. What's yep. up? Is there some catalyst here taking us up? Boeing's rallying, which is helping. Like I said, Boeing has been in the market. We were down as much as five points this morning on Boeing. We're only down a buck here now. So I'm not sure if there's individual news there, but we're rallying. We're rallying maybe uh, the maybe they landed another plane. <laughs> the <laughs> Boeing saga is an interesting in itself. I mean, and, and obviously this Beyond Meat saga. Should we go to that one? Because this one's you know interesting too. It's like they well, lose well, the let's, uh, let's, uh, let's go to Macy's. Right, okay, we'll finish up the earnings. Joel, keep okay. us on track. You're yeah. Good job. You just went from your B minus to a B. Don't I tell you, I don't know track. what happened with the, I looked at it. I don't know. I think it was just, I think you were a little everyone was just a little impatient. That's what I think. That's what I think happened. Uh all right. So they did Ka lose Ka Kaya in the chat telling us that uh we did have an eight fifteen number. I did not realize that. Okay. So that it was a good number. Yeah, and I, I actually I talked to Spencer it's about USADP. that yesterday. Yeah, because that usually comes out on thirty on on Thursday and the jobs number on Friday. And since you know we, we moved we, it up. Exactly. Exactly. We moved it up here. So the jobs number is tomorrow? Yeah. Ooh, yes, yes. This sir. is a big week, eh? You get you, you get the well, you get the end of the quarter. We had a Russell rebalance last Friday. You're getting a holiday on the Friday. You get the jobs on the Thursday. I'm supposed to get a holiday today. There's a lot going on this week. It's a big week, big week. Okay, so Macy's, well, let's see here. They didn't lose as much money as everyone thought. <laughs> they thought they were going to lose 257. Uh, they only lost 203. Uh, a little light on sales here. Uh, estimates were at 3.68 billion. Uh, that was an estimate that came in at $3.02 billion. So they didn't lose as much money. Uh, heard a lot of chatter here about uh, Macy's and Amazon buying them. And I'm thinking, why? But, exactly. Uh, and, uh, it was at Barron's, wasn't it? And they were saying was, that maybe Amazon would buy Macy's. What I say is, first of all, why don't you look at like a JC? If you're looking for retail space, you know, JC Penney's bankrupt. I'm sure they need some money. Second is obviously Macy's has a lot of real estate, but company's struggling. I mean, why, why pay a why premium throw them a life for preserver? It? Yeah, why throw them a life preserver? I'd let them sink, and then you know, you know, maybe in a restructuring type deal, you go after that real estate. But I don't think Amazon's coming to the rescue here. Macy's going to have to figure it out on their own. I don't think they're getting a life preserver. 
A couple things why, and then we'll get into their price action. Uh, one is that um, they do have some decent online sales, Macy's. So that that would look nice. I, I don't know exactly what that figure is. but uh, And also, I mean, it, it, like you said, the retail space. But, man, I'm sure there's a lot of, a lot of empty spots at uh, the local malls to fill. But uh, you're, you're trading – What do you, it's kind of undecided here on the beat. It's trading down uh, 11 cents. I don't know. Not a lot of action here. Let's, uh, let's go to – I'm looking at here at the pre-market trading. Let me adjust it here on my other chart for you, and I'll see if I can get some, some good levels for you. And hmm. – you spiked over seven dollars. I'm gonna look at the. It's been sleepy lately. A uh, couple highs in the seven handle, seven oh nine through seven forty one. I don't know. A lot of resistance up here. I think if you really want this thing to get going, it's gonna have to get over seven fifty. I'm not sure that's gonna happen. On the downside, uh, someone's been standing there at six bucks, uh, five ninety six. Your two day low. Six bucks even uh, was your low last Friday. So that's what you're looking at in Macy's. Nothing nothing real crazy. Uh, let's just finish up the earnings parade uh, from this morning. Sure. Uh, uh, you have um, General Mills here with a beat, a buck 10 versus a buck 06. Sales beat as well. I mean, these stocks have had their runs. How's General Mills trading this morning? It's down. This wasn't a huge beat. I mean, you had Conagra yesterday, and obviously slightly different business models, but still food stock, food stock, and Conagra beat pretty big time. So they set the bar a little bit higher for GIS, and GIS did not go up above that higher bar. So it's getting ahead here. Again, this isn't a stock that just gets slammed. I think you got support in the lower 59s. I'm not sure where it traded in the pre-market. I wasn't watching this one. But you've had multiple lows over the last month in the low 59s. I think it bounces down there. Uh, you're exactly right. 60. Someone has an opinion at 60 bucks here. That's your pre-market low. Uh, I see a, you have one low in the uh, down at 59.16. But overall, four lows littered in the 59 handle. So call it 59.50, 59.60. Uh, but keep an eye on this one. I know this is a pretty good mover, but uh, look at this daily here uh, on this one, Dennis. Let me uh, get that out of the way and let me pull up the daily chart. And this is kind of like a cliffhanger, isn't it? I mean, you do have the lows, you know, that's the 59.16 low. You have these other lows here, but man, you just been hanging here. I'm not going to draw a trend line or anything. It's important fancy, to hold that level. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Big level. Uh, considerable, considerable downside after that. Uh, does anybody care about Constellation yeah. Brands? Yeah, quickly. Let's just do it and we're done the earnings. Okay. Yep. I know you want to do your trusty Benzinga Pro. Yeah, I'm doing everything, man. I'm doing the charts. This is a good beat. I'll do it for you. Constellation Brands, $2.44 versus $2.01. So a nice beat on the bottom line. Sales a little bit light, $1.96 billion versus $1.97 billion. But with that bottom line, B Constellation Brands is trading higher. STZ, we're trading up three points here in the pre-market. Mm -hmm. It's kind of quiet. It's only trading 17,000 shares. So still, you know, you could still say it's going to be a lot of price discovery at the open. 180. Let's see what it does at 180. It gets up there. That's where you double top back in May 27th and May 28th. We snuck our head above that. I mean, there is some overhead supply here, though. Can it break out? It's not really in bull mode until it gets above 189, which is a long ways away. So you're still kind of in the range. I'd say this is a curveball. I'm not swinging at it because you're in the middle of the trading range. 
180. Boom. That is your, let's see, a uh, couple brackets. You hit that. 180, 20, 180, 10. Yeah, 180, 21. Uh, back off of 178. So you got to get a three buck rally. Uh, very important for this to get uh, over that pre market high and continue. All right. So we got some news in Beyond Meat here. And I don't know how many times they're going to rally on this、uh, China deal. Uh, but uh, a report, I don't know if it's confirmed yet, that they are going to、uh, partner、uh, with Alibaba. Nice move in Beyond Meat. This one、uh, sold so off. So, what's the, the headline?、Last. Let's just give the headline here. So, it's from the Benzinga Pro. We're looking at a headline that Beyond Meat is to make their Chinese retail debut with Alibaba partnership. And this was out there last night. And if you look, the stock's getting the big lift. I mean, we lost, they lost the McDonald's apparently, you know, lost the McDonald's at least Canada contract there because it wasn't going well. And that's when the stock really got slammed the last couple of days. So now they look like they're maybe picking up Alibaba. This thing moves 10% every time there's a contract, you know, going or, or coming. So、um, it moves just on contracts. The valuation has never made any sense, but we know stocks can, you know, have. The valuations don't matter on certain stocks for a long time. You know, you can look at Tesla and say, you know, valuation hasn't mattered for that for a long time either. I mean, certain stocks just pe- people don't look at them on value, they're looking at them on growth. So, this is, you know, obviously been a growth story. It's been doing well, but as they get contracts, it rallies up 9%. As they lose them, they, they, they drop significantly. I think you have some overhead supply up here. I, I don't think I would be a buyer of this pop. And normally I don't buy pops at all, it's buy the dip. Sell the rip. This is a、right. rip. So、um, I, I would. I would sell the rip on this if I owned it. 148.70.、Uh, that is your pre market high. You just hit that、uh, just a couple brackets ago. What do you have on the dailies? If you're looking through follow through after this,、uh, 151.75 would be an important level if, in fact, you can take out the pre market high.、Um, also, this has been a nice uptrend here since March. And、um, we When we peaked out here at、uh, 167, that was a high of the rally. How low did we get here? 167. I'd say I call that about a, a 40 point break. So if you want a resumption of this uptrend, 155 is your key. Rally up above 155, hold 155, and maybe get it back up. But、uh, first time up here. Pretty quickly.、Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to see that today, but pre market high it comes in at 148.70. So、uh, we're going to get Chuck a- on here in five minutes. Can、Chuck、we do、self. some tick? Yeah, Chuck's, Chuck's in the background waiting. We'll bring him on in four minutes here.、Um, can we do some symbols from the chat? Because there's a lot of symbols getting thrown at us here. Let's do Nikola. We haven't talked it for a while.、Ooh. I just want to get your technical thoughts in here. It's been sleepy here for a few days. I mean, you think about the wild ride Nikola had in early June when it went from $40 to $73 in two days. It's been a quiet consolidation、yeah. of that move. My thoughts are as long as this holds, and you know, it's a long ways down. I actually, I'll say, you know, I'll say as long as it holds about $59, it could just be consolidating the recent move and could still have upside. But if you get below 59, I'd be nervous. And even taking it as close as the last few days, if you fell below that 62.87 low,、yeah. I'd start to get nervous too. So you're in a big battle between the bulls and the bears.、Uh, a lot of times you see a big move and then there's consolidation and eventually the move resolves itself to the upside. So I won't argue with you if you're still long this. It starts breaking down below 60, I'd get nervous. 
Yeah, uh, same thing here. I'll go with your analysis. Actually, it's starting to get tighter. I see the low at 59.21 and then a couple lows at, at 61 and change. Actually, those are your three out of your four lows. This is going back to the middle of June. So round ball, 60 bucks. Uh, the highs have come down. Uh, you had a 76.30 high on the 24th, and then your your highs have come down. 472, 365, 192, and then 70.83 yesterday. So if you want to get excited about this, at least you want to break your string of lower highs. Uh, double close to right here at uh, 67, 57, and 53. So a lot of consolidation. If you're just a true trend follower, then you know this is a big move up. You've had a pullback. You've had consolidation and the consolidation for the move based long term on this chart is higher, but we'll see. S&P is coming back to life here, uh, only down 12 handles at uh, 78 and a quarter, uh, like perhaps liking that ADP number, looking forward to a good jobs number tomorrow. Okay, what uh, what next? C-A-R-V, I have no idea what this is. So um, this is no a, a company that's done, that's obviously went crazy here. Look at this chart. I don't know what's going on, if I had a reverse split or what it is, if that chart's real. I don't follow this company at all, so I can't tell you fundamentally anything about it other than I assume it's a bank because this is Carver Bank Corp. But seven, <laughs> so um, it went, looking in early June, middle of June from $2 up to $22. I'm not sure if that was a reverse split and the chart just isn't adjusted. Is your chart adjusted for that? But it looks to me like it went up. And then yesterday, I don't know what was going on. It went from 16, opened at 15, and then gave it all back down to $6.21. This is above my pay grade trade and something like this. I have no idea, but I'm not following the story either. You're right. Carver Bank Corp. Uh, resistance is hard to find you're getting a little you know because of the wild day yesterday oh, ridiculous yeah yeah uh i mean i i see support i see support here you got a pair of lows at 50 uh 531 545 stepped up to 604 uh yesterday i don't know what you're gonna so do. so you know what the headline was which who the hell knows it says there was rumors that netflix was going to invest a hundred million dollars um in 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 here or something so that was the wait it says in in the black community's financial i don't understand anything about what this is so i just i'm not following the story but net it says actually it says dow netflix to invest 100 million and back black communities financials institution you know what this moved off the u-o-n-e remember that u-o-n-e why did Uh, it move off that though because that is um a radio station or a series of radio stations that um, caters There's a relationship to, here? To the, no, to the African-American community. And they thought, what the, remember that stock had the big move here? Yeah, so I, I, I remember UONE, but I wasn't following the story closely there either. So, yeah, yeah, that, uh, that, either that, way, I'm not following the story. I don't think Joel's following the CARV story very closely <laughs> either. I can just tell you when a stock gives it all back like that, the move probably wasn't warranted. Can it bounce? It is this morning. And we see it. We saw the UONE give it all back and then have a big bounce after that. So they can bounce. So I don't know. Like it, it could have a bounce. But again, these stories, they get hot and then they cool off. And usually rallies are to be sold. But UONE, I said that that day when it had given it all back. And then it had a bigger move than it did originally. So who knows? I wouldn't want to be shorted. I'll say that. 
Okay, it is 8.35, and we're going to bring in Chuck Self, and he's the CIO of iSectors. Uh, he joins the show periodically to give us his thoughts on the market. Um, he has some tickers uh, that he wants to share with us, and uh, are you? Uh, did uh, we set you up so you can share your screen, or do you want me to pull the charts up for you? No, no, you go ahead and do it. Okay. All right, Chuck, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Uh, wild should, day. Should I, sing, should I sing the first line of Oh Canada? <laughs> yeah, I know. Give me a break here. Oh, oh Canada. Oh, he's, he knows it too. Are you Canadian? Uh, no, but I'm from Minnesota, so it's close. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, you're, so you're half Canadian. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so am I. You know that, Dennis, half Canadian. You always mention Joel that. is. Yeah, Joel's mother was a Canadian, so I know oh. he makes fun of us Canadians, but really he's half Canadian. <laughs> no, no. You, you, you guys are the same ones. Okay, so... S-G-O-L here, yeah. right? So, uh, yeah, I thought uh, we could talk about some of the precious metals uh, tickers. Sure. Everdeen, Everdeen Standard has a, a whole suite of uh, precious metals uh, uh, stocks, or, or I should say uh, ETFs, that uh, track uh, the metals. And so uh, if this is a really interesting time, uh, I think. And, and for traders, they, you know that these are big trend-following uh, tickers. So, uh, you know, let's, let's take a look at them at S-G-O-L. Uh, you see that it's been at a, a four-year-plus uh, uptrend. It seems to have broken out. I'm not a great technician, so you could correct me if I'm wrong on any of this. But uh, it, it seems to have uh, broke out, and it could easily go back to the 2011 high of 1894. Uh, there's tremendous demand for, for gold at this point. There's uh, it, it, the ETFs itself. And also uh, institutions and pension plans have started saying, hey, we need another diversifier besides fixed income. We're going to use precious metals. And so we started to see great uh, demand there. You think that's it? You think it's the shift, the asset allocation out of uh, the fixed income? And uh, also, I mean, when I look at any of these stocks, anything related to this, I mean, I'm just looking at this $1,800 level. And it just keeps... I mean, to me, when I see things like that, I like to see it break above it, make a high, you know, 1820, 1830, and then come back and then make that area of support here. Uh, it's been in a long-term trading range, but uh, boy, oh boy, it's just bumping against this head under 1700. So whatever you're going to sit to this one, whether it takes out uh, 1800 or not, uh, do you have a do you have a target on this one? Well, I, I, again, I'm not a technician, so I don't really have a target. Okay. But, but I, you know, I, we saw a trade above 1800 uh, yesterday, and actually in the futures, it closed above 1800 yesterday. And so, um, uh, maybe we're on the on the way to the move that you're talking about, Joel. I, and, okay. Uh, I think people, I think uh, the traders need to to look at that. Uh, the next one is SIVR. Uh, SIVR, I think, is is really interesting. You see, um, if you go a long term, you see a big downtrend from 2016 to 2020. Uh, of course, it got uh, hurt in the in the market uh, decline. And um, you know, the question is, can it get back to its uh, recent high around uh, uh, 19? Uh, and if you look way back, the all-time high is 49. So uh, it, it really uh, uh, has dropped from the 2011 uh, high. Uh, uh, SIVR was the big winner when uh, QE started with the Fed, and and uh, it it had a, a big run up uh, from 2008 to 2011. And it's very leveraged to the Asian economies uh, reopening. So um, and then there's been a big uh, mine closing impacts uh, in in silver more so than uh, than gold. 
uh, at one point, two thirds of the mines were closed uh, due to the COVID-19 uh, situation. So uh, again, I think at all these, we're, we're waiting to see the, the kind of action that you're talking about, Jill, uh, but it's, it's uh, uh, you know, it's something that could happen. In, yeah, in the they're, they're knocking on the door here. We're on the line with Chuck Self. He's the CIO of iSectors joining us here to uh, discuss uh, issues that he likes to follow. We're talking about the metals. Uh, can you explain, I mean, to me, like gold and silver, I mean, there is there is some really uh, different movements going in this. I mean, they, they used to be much highly correlated. Do you have any possible reasons for these? Uh, I mean, they're still both going up in a pattern, but uh, like on a percentage basis, it seemed like they never line up. Uh, talk to what? us about the uh, gold and silver kind of not moving together as much. Yeah, yeah. S silver um, always is more volatile uh, than gold. But uh, again, in uh, the uh, moves of the past, uh, let's say 15 years, um, the volatility of silver has just uh, uh, shot up compared uh, to gold. And, and it hasn't uh, performed as well uh, as gold. The, ratio, uh, the gold to silver ratio is um, at all time high. Silver has been the big uh, laggard. And part of it is that silver isn't an industrial metal also. And we've had this low uh, global economic growth and so um, silver has not, you know, has, wasn't in demand um, as much as it should have been for a time of economic growth. The other thing, of course, is that gold has become uh, a, a very important for central banks. And so uh, the central banks buying of gold has been huge over the past few years. And um, that has uh, helped the demand uh, for gold. Um, gold is, the, is, is kind of the easy thing to own. Uh, for the long-term investors. Uh, silver is very difficult for long-term investors to own, but for traders, silver is, is a fantastic uh, thing to follow. I mean, the, the, obviously the precious metals here haven't had a good time for a while, but in the last couple of months here, really perking up, I mean, I own silver, some silver. Um, I don't own any gold, but I own some silver. But you look at gold and it's moving up. I mean, so maybe this is the environment with all the uncertainty with the virus that, you know, gold and silver start to outperform. Um, the charts are telling you that, you know, these look like uh, uh, that these, the precious metals are getting some love. Yeah. And, and we, we have a precious metals uh, strategy that has uh, gold, silver, platinum, and palladium. And uh, it's up over 6%. Uh, What's that one? Let's go to that one. That's a uh, PPLT. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Platinum is, platinum has been the, uh, uh, the, the dog, so to speak. Uh, there's a global uh, change uh, from diesel-based vehicles to gas-based vehicles. Platinum is used in catalytic converters for uh, diesel-based vehicles, whereas palladium is used for gas-based uh, uh, vehicles. And so um, platinum has not had, um, as you can see here, it hasn't, uh, it hasn't done uh, much over the past few years. Um, it did uh, get a rise here because, again, um, almost 70% of the, of the mines in South Africa, uh, which is where it maybe comes from, were shut down and it's been slow to regain. Um, and, and so I, I'm not as excited about platinum, though, um, in the long run. Palladium, though, P-A-L-L, -L, holy cow. Palladium <laughs> has been, uh, a, a, a been a monster. I mean, it started 2019 at 125, or PAL did, 125, went to 188, went to 273 in wow. February, and then, and then halved to 137 in uh, March, 
and then almost doubled again to 232 in March. It's now around uh, 183. Um, and again, uh, palladium is the, is the metal for uh, catalytic converters, uh, gas-based ones, and that's where everything's going. China is almost all gasoline-based catalytic uh, converters, and everyone has tighter emission standards. Um, if the uh, party of the president changes here this year, um, and especially if the Senate changes, there's going to be tremendously tighter emission standards going forward, and, and more tighter emissions, more palladium that, that gets uh, used. Um, and, and again, there's been some um, mine disruptions in, in palladium. But uh, yeah, that looks like that is uh, winding up there a little bit. I can see the big move that it had, some consolidation. I mean, it's, consolidation uh, for two months. Yeah. 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 So. yeah. No, it's, 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 uh, if, if you, if you really like to take a ride, uh, PALL is, uh, looks is, like a wild is the horse. It's, it's, it's the Mustang. Uh, of, of the group uh, right now. So, so you know, all, all of these uh, should be looked at, whether you're a trader or an investor. Um, the, the secular move is going to be out of bonds into uh, uh, these four type, uh, these four precious metals. And uh, so there, there's going to be a lot of opportunities uh, in either case. Where does, uh, where does copper? Do you follow copper at all? No, I, I don't follow it closely. I know that copper, um, again, is having um, some increase in demand here uh, in, in, uh, in the past uh, few weeks, especially, again, as China opens up. Um, but uh, it, again, it, it should be followed. It's, you know, everyone knows it's the PhD of, of, uh, of commodities as far as the economy is concerned. And uh, it, 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 you know, it, it has uh, done decently well. The question, of course, is, especially as the, if the U.S. doesn't control its coronavirus problem, what's going to happen to the industrial demand in the U.S.? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing I was thinking here about copper and uh, a lot of it, you know, using a lot of for industrial purposes here. Nice rally here um, in copper. So we covered um, all the metals here, uh, Chuck. Um, now, I know you've probably read a diversified portfolio. We talked about, right. um, you know, uh, the uh, the metals here. Uh, how about just uh, some overall market talk? I mean, the great. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if you knew this, Chuck, but this was the best quarter since 1987. I, I don't crazy. know if you knew that. That's Did you crazy. know that? I, I, I knew that, uh, but again, it followed the uh, the first quarter. So you know, which um, was the worst one in <laughs> yeah, like yeah, hundred yeah. years. Um, was it Three Dog Night? Uh, had the song that said what goes up let's come down and, and three dog night nice uh, music uh, reference on that uh, Dennis, uh, you're uh, probably too young to know who they are uh, uh no uh, no I've, I've been in business for 40 years so so i do know <laughs> who they are uh but but in any case uh it, it clearly uh you know the stock market had a rebound with the hope that the uh uh the covid uh, situation is going to be over we're going to be a v-shape we do not think this is going to be a v-shape recovery we think the, the market, we're, we're in a cap that the market has overdone it. That, uh, and now, now I think we're going to see in uh, the third quarter earning reports, um, the, the second quarter earnings numbers don't matter, but it's, it's uh, what they think is going to happen for the rest of the year and into 2021. And uh, our suspicion and our modeling work shows that it's uh, uh, probably going to be disappointing. Um, and so... So we, we, we think you should be in the diversifiers. Uh, we, we, we still are overweighted in bonds. We, we've had a great year because we, we've been overweighted bonds the whole year. We looked stupid for the first month and a half. 
and then all of a sudden we look smart. Now I have to say none of us predicted COVID-19, but you know, we just right. think that the market was going that way anyway. So we're overweight bonds, we're overweight uh, uh, metals. And if you have to own stocks, uh, utilities is where uh, we're, we're going, hiding. Going up. for the yield. Well, yeah, yeah. And technologies uh, also. I mean, we're, we're doing the barbell, the technology utilities barbell. That's good. All right. All right. A little bit of growth, a little bit of yield. I like that. That's yeah. kind of what I do. Yeah. I didn't realize. I don't always use utility stocks for it, but I got a lot of tech stocks and I got a lot of higher yielding plays. So yeah. I guess yeah. I do the barbell approach too. That, 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 and, we, and we love barbells usually, and we really love barbells now. We've been on the line with Chuck Self. He's the CIO of iSectors. Joining us here this morning uh, to talk about the metals markets, the overall market. Chuck, I'm glad I caught up with you, and uh, we'll have to get you back on again soon. Thanks for okay. joining us thank, today. Thank you, Joe and Dennis. Thanks, Chuck. All right. Uh, nice, nice little rally here. Uh, nice little rally yep. in the S&P futures. Uh, the buy the dippers, Supreme here, went down to 62.75. Kind of like in that um, ADP number. Let's see, did I mark halfway back on the session? Oh, we're more than halfway back on the session. We're 10 points off, uh, just about 10 points off the pre-market high. Yesterday's high, they got a little bit silly when they took it to 31.01 and a quarter. Uh, just above that, the interday high from Friday, 04 and a half. Um, I did, uh, I always talk about the intraday high versus the uh, 24-hour high, and that's the high between 9.30 and 4.15. Uh, just wanted to do just a little broad market talk here, and you guys always hear me talking about, you know, the top components in the S&P. Uh, been following them for a long time, way back when ExxonMobil was the top component, and uh Good old General Electric was in there, but how times have changed. And now with the two Googles, it's still the top 10 stocks, but I combined these Googles, the two Googles, and right now, you know, and everyone talks about this, you have 10 stocks that make up 30% of the S&P 500. That's index. incredible. And when we, when we first started doing pre-market prep, I can remember this was one of the things that we often talked about. And it, I think the number was 18. So that the top 10 stocks made up 18% of the overall index. It's now 30. And that just goes to show you, it could be the ETF effect where everybody's buying the same companies and they're jumping in. But I mean, go through those 10 names. They, some of them have changed, but for the most part, it's the same ones at the top. The Microsofts, the Apples, the Googles, the Amazons. Yep. Um, oh, it's all tech. I mean, Microsoft, Apple. It shows you how strong yeah. tech is. But can you show it? Do you have it on your screen or you maybe don't have it? Oh, uh, let me see here. Yeah, show the top I, do. 10. I do. I do. But that's I incredible do. to think there's 500 components in the S&P. 10 make up 30% of it, and the other 490 make up the other 70%. So the index is very dependent on those top 10 components. They have huge influence. You know, I've even talked about the ETF effects to it before as well, where, you know, you get one stock in the top 10, and it starts to dump, you know, seven has a you know bad earnings report, and it is influ very influential on the overall index, not even from a sympathy play, but just that the index itself just holds so many shares that the index is going down as well. So... What it, just list them off quickly. The well, I got things. it. I actually was able to share that screen. Uh, Microsoft has overtaken Apple, right? Okay, yeah. So it's Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, Google, and Facebook. Those are the top five. All tech. Yeah. Yes. That's unbelievable. Yep, yep. Warren's still hanging in there at number six yep. with uh, Berkshire Hathaway. Even though he doesn't give any love from Dave Portnoy, he's still hanging in there at number six. 
I don't see DDTG on there. Uh, uh, Johnson and Johnson. Are they number seven? Yeah. J and J. Yeah, they they've held in there. They I have. Would, yeah. Consumer. They got the little bit of drugs. Consumer discretionary. They've held in there well. Uh, J.P. Morgan. That's unbelievable that a bank is still in there because you think about how much the banks have been hit. So J.P. Morgan is still held in there too in the top ten. And uh, so you've got uh, those all in order. You just watch those every day. Yeah. Yep. And I'm saying, well, today's a little bit different, but like yeah. when I, when uh, the spoos are in the red and I want to short it and I see Microsoft up a half a percent, Apple up 2%, Amazon up 0.5%. I'm like, okay, that's not a good idea. I better, better go with the flow. Cause you see those five big boys and uh, there's been a little bit, there's been some diverse, you know, these, these indexes have not all been moving together, but um we can, we can, we're actually, I'm going to talk about that on uh, the later show today. I'm going to bring on uh, my buddy, Jim Tassoni, uh, former money manager, and he is going to talk. He's been trading the Russell, the NASDAQ and the S&P all together. And he's seen some real interesting uh, diversification. So we'll cover that at 340 uh, today. And then uh, Visa and Procter Gamble. These uh, are out. the last two. And PG's they, in there too. So yeah. of those top 10, I directly own, I own SPY in my long-term portfolio, so I'm getting them all. Everyone, everyone. But I also own Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, Google. I sold my Facebook, remember, and I was upset about it. Um, I don't own JP Morgan. I don't own Visa, but I do own MasterCard. So I feel like I'm exposed to Visa in that way. And I do own Procter & Gamble. So it looks like I own one, two, three, four, five, six of them directly in my long-term portfolio. And they make up a good chunk of my long-term portfolio, probably because those stocks have done so well. So um, if, you're owning, if, if you're owning the SPY, just be aware that you've got a big exposure to those top 10 names. Okay, uh, S&P is only down four handles now at 30, 86 and a quarter. Nice rebound off that 62.75 level. Uh, we can go, do we have any interesting rate? We, we got a couple ratings today. I know we've kind of been quiet um, on the ratings. Well, they just haven't been influential. So that's why we haven't been giving the ratings some love. Ooh. But there's always the odd analyst call. It's, oh, this one's interesting. I mean, usually the ones that go to sell, those are always interesting too. There's not a lot of those today, but some that just go from buy to sell are, are interesting as well. There's a few in there. Squares getting some yeah, love today. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. That's I would say Square was one of the most. Do you still got that, Dennis, or did you let it no, go? No, I sold it because oh, my Dennis. thought process was all the retail is closed, and I had bought Square, and then it came all the way back, and I actually, you know, I had held it. I was in it for a long time. I rode that all over the place, and finally I got rid of it in the mid-60s because I was like, look, and this was mid-April, and you could see where the stock was in consolidation station. And I thought it was consolidation to go lower, and I was absolutely wrong. It was consolidation to go higher. I can't understand the Square Rally with so much retail struggling, and they're in so many small retail businesses. I don't understand it from a fundamental, logical perspective, but you can't argue with the market. I still like the story, and it has a story, and story stocks have been going, especially story tech. And Square still has a story despite obviously, you know, being in a lot of small businesses, which you know, many of them are closed. All right. Uh, new all time high on this thing. And uh, this stock has gotten a lot of love uh, over the past years on the show. I know um, Sean Emery uh, was very bullish. His stock. I think and he I still was, is. So he's yeah. been right. Sean, yeah. we got to get back on the show. Because okay. Sean, the te he's tech and he's fundamental 
and he jumps and he looks at some certain stocks and he does a really great job of picking, you know, the next story stock as well. So, you know, he's all over these stories and he's all over, you know, looking at, you know, the growth in, in different sectors. So um, we'll bring Sean back on. Knocking on the door of a breakout, folks. And you got that breakout this morning. Uh, several highs in a row. There was just a lid. Well, last two days, it was 105.30. Uh, old-time high. Uh, that was made on Friday at 107.84. Didn't have a great close that day. Uh, closed at 104.30. 104.94 uh, was the close from yesterday, if you want to pick this up on the cheap. Uh, but you could use that 107.84 as a potential target here in uh, shares of Square. That kind of ramps. S&P's almost green on the session here. Maybe yeah. they will in the next five uh, minutes. The other rating, I just uh, two I want to mention. CAD at Deutsche Bank uh, catches an upgrade. And that stock is coming off the low. Dennis, yeah. you see anything in the pre-market on Yeah, CAD's trading up here a little bit. Um, it was a reinitiation there because they actually oh, weren't they covering it. it for a bit. Uh, so, But they did come back at buy. So I guess technically that's an upgrade. Okay. Um, you know, it, it, I'm looking through all these analysts. You got FedEx upgrade. You know, that's just analyst oh, chasing price, which we talk about it. You know, thanks for after the fact, Jack. Um, DRI downgraded here this morning. What about GSX? Uh, uh, it's too small. I don't too small of a sack. Yeah. Nah, you don't care it's about all that stuff one. I don't look at. Trying to pick a top there. That one. Pfizer's got some news here. Chat Wil Wilkin letting us know here. Vaccine news in Pfizer here today. Um, F well, at least it's what he's saying. If I, I see for the Pfizer popular, so this might just be breaking here because I actually don't oh, that's see a the big headline pop. here yet. That's a yeah. big old move for yeah, Pfizer. Yeah, Pfizer's moving. Um, it's a stock oh. that I own in the long-term portfolio. I actually was hoping it would get down the low 30s so I could buy more. Not the case. I even talked about this when it was 32 a couple of days ago. I said, you have the wild card of the vaccine. So, you know, you're getting a lift here. Apparently, it's vaccine news related here, although I haven't seen the actual headline come through. I see I COVID-19. Uh, well, actually, see this the came out at, Well, yeah, but this is uh, in the pros on this early. COVID-19 vaccine from Pfizer and BioNTech show positive results, stat news articles. So, um, and there you go. That's what uh, is lifting the S&P. This is a big move for Pfizer. A really big move and getting it back a lot of uh, the losses here for the last few sessions. Don't know if you got any uh, major size at, uh, at 34 or not. Uh, that's your next round number. Let's see what we got on the dailies here. Uh, you're trading right at 33.74. Uh, that was your eye in the 19th. And then I see 33.96. Don't know if there's going to be enough paper in the book to hold this down. Uh, it's trading pretty good volume. Uh, but nice move for Pfizer. It's a big move for Pfizer. There Huge. is some overhead supply. I'd be a buyer of pullbacks in Pfizer, though. 4.54% dividend. I own Pfizer already, and I would actually buy more if it was to pull back in that 32 area, maybe as a trade and in the long-term portfolio. Um, nice I, think, I think there's good value in Pfizer here. Okay, we got only two minutes left here in the show. Uh, let's talk, uh, boy, INO got the beach yesterday, huh? And, uh, boy, when uh, when these stocks start to turn, they start to turn, and, yeah, boy, oh, wicked, boy. Wicked. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you about this one. I mean, it, they, it was initially interpreted as being good news, but I think the trade was just crowded, and everybody may be expecting, you know, that, you know, the, and obviously the 94% response rate is what we're talking about from the headline there yesterday. Um, it continues to get hit here today. I believe we have a rating change on it today. Um, I'm just going from my memory. I didn't see it there. 
So let's go here. Uh, step down seller here over the last hour. They went out. They went out bad. Trading at the lows of the pre-market session. Uh, boom. Where are we at here? We are at 23.34. Looking at the low from yesterday, 23.59. So critical for this to catch a bid off the open 26.95 that was your close from yesterday you may not see that one folks but uh, on the downside don't think we're going to get to 20.63 today uh that was your lot uh low on june 24th all right it, it, you got a couple of downgrades maxim downgrading it here and there was somebody else as well i'm trying to find it um roth i believe is the other one that's downgrading the stock at this point so you got a couple of downgrades happening, and that is why INO trading down. And also, you got to consider when other company does good on the vaccine front, and you know it's kind of a race to get there. It's never good for the other ones. So you'll see, you know, when some, somebody announces, you know, hey, we're getting some good news on the vaccine front, the other pure vaccine plays sometimes get licked on that too. So down 13% here. You know, if you were to get down to the 15 area again on INO, it gets very interesting, but that's eight points down from here. I think a 23 is still in the middle of nowhere here. So it's too early for me to come in here and buy the dip. All right, Dennis, uh, we're green. We're green by four. The, the Pfizer news is helping. The Pfizer that broke at 850. There's no doubt. Vaccine news moves this market. Pfizer's now 34.15. Um, we've been talking about this, you know, as the headline risk to the bears. We've talked about this multiple times. Is that is what the market wants? And I said, you get a vaccine through, and this market could be at all-time highs. Like you get one that, hey, we've got this. This market will, you know, and all those reopening plays go as well. So any type of positive headline from vaccine will always lift the S&Ps, at least in the short run. But remember, in the longer run, the virus still matters, and we're still a long ways away nice from vaccines. Rally. So um, we've been in a trading range for a while here on the S&Ps. We can get bullish. We can get bearish. But let's be honest, the entire June has just been shop. So buying the dips and selling the rips has worked the entire month of June. I don't see why it doesn't continue to work. As you get the rips up, you get to this 314, 315 on SPY. I think you're on the sellers again. Uh, Pre-market high, they just went to 96.50 on that. Yesterday's high, 01.50. And then I mentioned the interday high from last Friday at 04.5. Well, this is going to conclude uh, this this hour of uh, pre-market. Joel, you came prep. up to a B. Yeah, the uh, slow start, I'm but you finished you, strong. you just got all nervous and everything. Oh, uh, when it wasn't nerd. working on premark.benzinga.com, I was like, here we go. Spencer trying to get him on fast dial here. We need help. No, <laughs> but you know uh, what? You came through. You came uh, through. I just want to read I had that. my doubts in that first minute, but you came through. Uh, all the information, material, and or content in this program is for informational purposes, purposes only. Investing in stocks, options, and futures is risky and not suitable for all investors. Please consult your own independent financial advisor before making any investment decisions. And I want to add something else to this. Tell us about your winning trades. Don't tell us about your losing trades. How, are you, how about that? just like everyone on Twitter. All right, folks, uh, <laughs> join me at uh, back at 340 uh, today uh, with my uh, special guest, Jim Tassoni. Thanks for joining us. Have a good one.